The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. I would be Matt or Matlana. I didn't give myself the nickname. I earned the nickname. Let's not waste any time. Let's get to this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. All right, so here we are. We've reached essentially the midway point of the Braves season, and it's been one interesting first half. So who else would we rather break it all down with and look ahead to the second half than the voice of the Braves? Ben Ingram, kind enough to join us on this week's edition of Welcome to Matlana. Ben, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Good to talk to you. It is uh, good to talk to you. Had we had a discussion, let's say, a month ago, man, the tone and the tenor would have been very different. But after a 14-game win streak and one of the great months in Braves history, kind of reset everything. That's sort of the weirdness of baseball. Who in the world could have seen that month coming after the way the Braves played in the first couple of months? No, I don't think you could have. I, I go back to um, to May and there are two losses in there that are two of the worst losses they will have all year. One was to Milwaukee on the 18th. The other was to Arizona on the 31st. And we're in Arizona and, and lost the uh, the second game there. And a group of us are talking after the game. Uh, myself, Joe, Jay Chad, Brian Jordan, uh, Chip Carey. There's a group of us there. And, and somebody said, we might not win another game this, this whole road trip because we're going to Colorado after that. And then we didn't lose for two weeks. <laughs> it's like, what is going on here? But it just shows you the uh, unpredictable nature of our game and how sometimes when things are looking extremely bad, it'll swing back the other way. And it did for this team and started to balance out a lot more. I think the um, other part of this, Ben, you know, a year ago, the cluster injuries happened, and we know how that affected the deadline moves by Alex Anthopoulos. But it's not like the Braves have been you know, impervious to, to injuries this year, some shorter, some longer term. But if you start adding them up from Ozzy, who's going to be gone for a total of two months, Acuna's been in and out, wasn't here to start the season. You've been without Matzik now for a bit. You haven't had Soroka at all. Um, I mean, like, you can just start adding this stuff up, and they've overcome that stuff to put themselves in this position at the midway point. Yeah, and I think a lot of that goes to their ability to do that last year, Matt. I mean, this, this team last season lost to Cunha and lost some other guys along the way. And, of course, the trade deadline was extremely beneficial. But they, they did a really nice job of uh, finding a next-man-up mentality. They did a nice job of putting bad losses in the rearview mirror. We didn't see them lose consecutive games from, I want to say, like September the 6th through the end of the World Series. And that's just where they excel. They're, they're good at that. We've seen them do that this year. And that's the thing with the baseball season. We, we love to make predictions during February and March. Uh, just it's what we do, but it, it's really kind of futile because you don't know who's going to be injured. There are going to be injuries along the way, and that's the beauty of 162. It, it's not just who has the best nine that you can run out there. It's who can be standing at the end because everybody's going to have injuries. Everybody's going to go through issues where they don't have their best players, and uh, the Mets are figuring that out, and, and the Braves know all about that. And it's it, it's the teams that can find a way – 
to continue to win and plug gaps when you don't have your best outfielder, you don't have your best pitcher, or you don't have uh, your best reliever. And, and this team's found a way to do that, and I think it's really impressive to see the month that they put together in the face of some of those injuries because you wouldn't guess that they would be able to get that good uh, without some of those names. So hopefully they can come back and be strong in the second half of the season and be just as good all year long. I think it speaks to one thing, Ben, that and I don't ignore individual leadership because that matters, but I've sort of pivoted to this team showing me that it's cliche, but culture matters. I mean, you can have different yeah. guys coming in and out, but like, we've heard so many guys, Duvall, Olsen, Dansby, they all say the same thing about the clubhouse and the culture. It's just good that you can lose Freddie Freeman's leadership. And while that does affect some things, they can rally around with this culture and kind of keep it going. And, and in some cases, well, the record would speak to it. They're just better than they were at this point a year ago. And that speaks to the culture. Yeah, it does. I think I think it tells you that the standard is set by the name on the front of the uniform rather than the names on the back. And what I mean by that is guys come in and they know that there's a standard there. Maybe it was different in the last place that they were in. Maybe there are certain things that were acceptable the last team that they played for. And I, I think there is a change here. I think there is a, a demand when these players join this team, this culture, that clubhouse with what they've achieved over the last five years, and, and they feel like they've got to come in and, and match that. So even if you lose a guy like Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson comes in and knows he, he's got to be really, really good because that's the expectation out of him. Um, and I don't think those guys feel that way. And after what they accomplished last year, it makes plenty of sense that they would feel that way. And it, it is warranted to feel that way after what they achieved. I think it's also a reflection of Snit. I really do. I mean, don't ignore what a manager can mean in the postseason and bullpen management. That stuff matters. But I think the last year plus has shown you, again, creating the culture and whatever was said in that team meeting in Arizona that you pointed out when they were playing so poorly, whether it was just a reset or just, you know, it had to be said out loud. There is something to the way this team responds to him managing that clubhouse, not looking over their shoulder but as you said, setting an expectation. Yeah, I think so too. And and look, it, it tells you that baseball people matter. Um, I, I don't want to sound like uh, you know some grumpy old man yelling at the clouds and saying down with analytics and things like that. There's certainly a place for it. Uh, I think that, that the uh, the baseball department for all these teams around Major League Baseball is extremely important, getting these guys prepared, getting them the information that they need. But I think you need those old school baseball lifers in clubhouses, parts of teams. And it's not just Snit. I think it's his entire staff. I think what you would say about Snit, you could say about the rest of those guys. I yep. go back to, um, let me go back to that, that loss versus the Brewers on the 18th of Milwaukee, or the uh, 18th of May in Milwaukee. Uh, Snit has the team meeting that was put out there by Bob Nightingale after the ball game on the 31st. And they went 14 in a row, but something happened on the plane uh, leaving Milwaukee, we were going to Miami. We had an off day the next day. And that night of the 18th, the, the team had, had a really bad loss. And as we were touching down in Miami, it was Eric Young's birthday. And he gets on the, the intercom uh, of the airplane. And, and I've never seen any coach do this before, but he comes out and he says, I want to thank everybody for the, for the birthday wishes. You all mean so very much to me, et cetera. But we know what we're capable of. And we're going to have this off day tomorrow. But when you show up in Miami, we show up as the Atlanta Braves because we haven't been that this year. And that was kind of part one of the message that I felt like Snip delivered two weeks later in Arizona. And they went to Miami. They took two out of three. 
uh, came home and split with Philadelphia and then took two out of three versus Miami. So while the losses in Arizona were disappointing and, and the meeting that Snit gave to the team on the 31st is the one that was, was really publicized, I, I think it was in the same vein as what EY said 10 days earlier on the plane to the team. And it was in that two-week span that they started to turn things around. So I, and I know it's a long-winded answer, but I think everything we'd say about Snit, we'd also say about his coaching staff and how they work as a unit and how it, it, it's meaningful to have guys like that. So we took the plunge, yes, at the Chernoff house. The big renovations are going on. So it comes down to making the right choices when you want to do some of these renovation projects. And for us, when it came down to flooring and carpet, we wanted to work with a great local company that we know could get the job done. That's why we turned to Peachwood Floor Coverings. I got a chance to meet Ryan Cornell and the great folks from Peachwood. When I say meet them, we got in touch with Ryan. 48 hours later, they came out to our home to start setting up measurements and looking at potential options for flooring and carpeting choices. It was beautiful. I love the process. It was just that easy. And right now, the process can be that easy for you. If you go to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, you can schedule a consultation. They'll come out to your home. And all this month, if you mention Matt, that's the promo code Matt, they're going to save you 10% on that flooring or carpet installation that you've always wanted. You want it easy, you want the process done quickly, and you want it to look beautiful. We're getting all that done with Peachwood Floor Coverings. Again, go online to peachwoodfloorcoverings.com, or you can call them at 678-935-6901. Peachwood Floor Coverings, big company quality, small company services. Home field advantage exists in baseball. Insurance, too. Your local trusted choice independent insurance agents are active members of your community. They'll always have your back. Find a local auto, home, or business insurance agent at trustedchoice.com. Folks, you just heard from Smoltzy and you heard it from me as well. Clayton Rhodes and the Rhodes Group are my trusted choice for insurance agents. They've been my agent for a long time and they serve all of Metro Atlanta. To get up to 10 auto insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes, visit roads-group.com slash churnoff today. That's roads-group.com slash churnoff. It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. I hope you'll go see my friend Sean Daly. That's, get it, the Daily Draft. This is the ultimate sports bar experience. So as the football playoffs near, and then baseball's around the corner, knock on wood, and all the fun springtime things that will happen in Atlanta, you're going to want to enjoy it at the Daily Draft. It's downtown Woodstock on Main Street. What you're going to find, a craft beer bar, self-serve taps, uh, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie-sized screen with a front-row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games. A chef-inspired menu with soup, salad, sandwiches, flatbreads, uh, you name it, they have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night, or a date night. TheDailyDraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights like Trivia Night, Kids Eat Free Night, and more. TheDailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love The Daily Draft. No, I, I think that's a great answer because and it's a good point to bring up that that staff, to mesh the new age of let's give you the information but try to decipher it and use it how we want to, mixed in with you can't get more old baseball school than Ron Washington, than Brian Snicker. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, if you want to throw in, you know, Kranitz, if you want to, you know, EY's got some of that to him. Like, Walt Weiss, that whole, that's just a top to bottom. They seem to get it, and the players, the respect factor is there from everybody. I mean, those guys have been there. Uh, that's what I like about it. I mean, if these, these, these players know that, 
that uh, EY has been a, a lifer. They know that Ron Washington's been around forever. They know that Smith's been around for 40 plus years, and that Walk's a, a manager. And uh, Cranny's had some really good pitching staffs. I think that matters. Um, and, and I think that is one of the strongest aspects of this team and this organization is the continuity of the coaching staff that they have had and, and the experience that they've had. I think that's gone a long way for this bunch. So let's talk about uh, some things from the first half. If I asked you the biggest surprise for you, good or bad, what would you say it's been for the first half of the season? Uh, I'd probably go Dansby, and which is interesting because me saying that is allowing six weeks to overshadow everything that took place before that because he had about a month month and a half where you're just wondering what is this what is what is going on i mean this is a guy in a contract year and he's racking up strikeouts and then things just change for him and he looked like the best shortstop in baseball for the month of june quite frankly i think he might be the player of the month in the national league for the month of june um, that would be up there. I think Kyle Wright and his performance would be up there. We had high expectations for Kyle because he looked so good at spring training, but there's a big difference in looking good at spring training and then going into July with nine wins under his belt. Uh, I think those two things are, are very surprising from the standpoint of maybe you hope that they would, they would happen. You hope that you would see it, but you wouldn't be shocked if they didn't. And uh, you go into it today, and those two guys look like all-stars. So I, I think that's been big. I think the play of Michael Harris, um, you knew he would be really good one day. I just didn't think that day would be 2022, <laughs> and, and certainly the first half of 2022. Yeah, he looks like he belongs. That, that's where I was kind of thinking in my mind of, I think the – you're right on Dansby, Dansby. Dansby's this team's MVP for the first half. Uh, for the first half but the Harris move – not only what he did offensively and has has done offensively, but it kind of reset a lot of things where you could move Duvall when Ronald's healthy mm-hmm. to move Duvall to left. And I don't know if that just kind of calmed him down and let him focus on his offense because certainly it's been a lot better. But the off-field defense right to left is now as good as you can get. I think it the Harris at the bottom of the order, Duvall, like I just think it, the domino effect of Harris affected so much. It, it's so strange because there have been innings where the team was, let's say it's a tie game or they're down a run. And I looked and I seen, and, and the Braves have nine, one, and two coming up. And I'm excited that the nine hole hitters leading off. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking, how many other teams would say that about where they are in the lineup? And, you know, a lot of teams would say, well, it's going to be one out with the top of the order coming up. And this team's not saying that. He's been just a perfect fit there at the bottom of the order. And the team has been winning since he got here. There's something like 22 and 10 since his arrival. And, and I don't say that that's squarely on the shoulders of Michael Harris. He's definitely played a big role, but I think we, what he's done in slotting guys into more natural positions has just kind of helped harmonize everything going on. And, and, and I kind of draw that as the, the major line of demarcation of the season when he came up and, and the effect that he had on this ball club. Well, the at-bats have been so impressive. Like the quality going the other way, just not looking outmanned. Mm-hmm. And, and there will be a book on him that the adjustments will come. We saw that. Hey, we've seen that several times with Dansby and with Riley and just other young guys. But everything you've seen from him, there's a maturity for a guy who's, what, 21, the youngest player in the bigs. Um, yeah. He just does not look overwhelmed. And to add to it, Ben, he's joining the defending world champs. It's not like, you know, you're joining Seattle, who's just a middling franchise, and you're trying to fit in. He's doing it on a defending champion. Yeah, he is. And he's had so many big base hits against guys that, quite frankly, you thought he'd be overmatched by. And case in point, the other night, um, Jose Alvarado comes in for the Phillies. Oh, yeah. and, and and here's this gigantic left-hander throwing 100, and you got Michael Harris going left on left with a guy in scoring position, and he gets a base hit. 
And it's, it's such a tough assignment for a guy who's 21 years old. Here's a lefty throwing 100 miles an hour, but he finds a way and makes good contact and stealing bases and making plays defensively. And I, I never thought he would be this uh, at the plate, and that's been a huge boost for this team. When I look ahead to the second half and I think, well, what can be better? Who can be better? I start with Matt Olson because it's been a weird first half. He hasn't been bad at all. Like, the numbers are good. Mm-hmm. The doubles, the the record pace he's on there, um, the red-hot start of the season. But it's been a lot of peaks and valleys for Matt. And I think there is still blue sky and, like, a ceiling for Matt Olson based on what we saw statistically and the things he did in Oakland that he has an even hotter run in him, I believe. I think so, too. I mean, as, as it stands now, he's on pace to hit about 20 homers and, and hit about 65 doubles. Uh, which is pretty wild. Um, but but I, I really think that him getting comfortable is the biggest issue for him. And it, it, I can understand it taking a little while for him to get comfortable. You, you think about where he was. He was out in Oakland. He wasn't used to being the center of attention. He, when, when he's playing in Oakland, everybody on the East Coast is going to bed. Uh, so he'd put up good numbers, and not too many people were seeing it. Now he comes to his hometown. He's playing for the defending champions, and he's the next guy up after Freddie Freeman. And that's a lot of pressure. Uh, to be quite honest, I, I expected him to go through uh, a bit of a, a growing phase where he's trying to get comfortable in the face of all that because how could you not put a, a additional pressure on yourself uh, when you're in that situation? I think getting past the two Dodgers series probably helped him. Um, now he can just focus on – it being his job. I mean, there's a lot of love for Freddie Freeman, rightly so. And there are a lot of people talking about it. And that's got to be a a difficult situation for him to be in where he's trying to win every single day for this organization, play first base. And everybody's talking about the last guy. Uh, So I think moving on from, uh, that Dodgers series was probably beneficial to, to his psyche and, and, and helping him continue to get comfortable and um, not having to do too much, not having to put too much on his shoulders. All he's got to get out there and do is just play every single day and be the player that he's been in Oakland. And, and we will see those runs out of him, like you mentioned. Last year he was so consistent with his home run numbers. I, w- I want to say he had between six and nine home runs every single month of the season. There wasn't some big surge uh, in route to what was a 40-home run season season for him last year you just want to see that consistency and and, and having that bat where he's batting third or fourth or wherever snip puts him in the order just having that approach having that consistency because when that takes place you're going to see him surge the way that you're talking about at some point in the second half i think the other offensive and i don't know if it's a surprise or it's just been a huge boom for this team the darno Contreras combo um you know mm-hmm. partly because william came out of the gates red hot but darno has been it's very quiet that he's been as good as he's been and is deserving of an all-star appearance. And Snit has managed that thing well, and it's kind of worked with this, you play two days, you play this two, I'm going to work both guys as DH. I mean, that's as prolific a catcher duo as we have in baseball. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, they've contributed for about 20 homers. Um, Travis is doing it against guys he's not supposed to do it against. He goes deep you know, in that game one versus the Phillies off of Zach Wheeler. And Wheeler doesn't give it up a home run to a right-hander in forever. And there's Travis taking him deep. And he's just such a big lift. So in this stretch without Acuna, I think it's been huge for Travis to, to bat second and get the uh, the ABs that he's gotten and, and see the pitches that he's gotten. And the results have been great. And then when Acuna's back, you can slot him down further in the order. Wherever he hits, he's going to be consistent. He's going to be fine and do what he does in any spot in the order. And, and I don't think you can – 
put a value on that. I mean, his bat and so and, and Contreras as well has been a huge lift for the team, and they've both done such a great job behind the plate. I mean, you obviously expect uh, veteran leadership behind the plate from Travis Darno. Maybe you don't expect it to that degree with William Contreras, but you're getting it. And I think a lot of that is because Williams, he can rely on his brother. Um, being in the big leagues is not some overwhelming uh, experience for him because he, he's got uh, uh, his brother who's five years older, and I think that's really helped progress him a lot as a catcher. And having those two guys back there has been enormous. I was chatting with Snit the other day and talking about pairings of pitchers and catchers, and he loves when when uh, Contreras and Kyle Wright go together. I mean, those two guys have been terrific. They've got great chemistry. You'd say the same thing for Travis and Max. I mean, those guys are, are always on the same page. Uh, and it's just a, a delight to see them work together. So uh, whichever catcher Snit has decided to go with that night, it has worked out beautifully, and uh, the numbers of the plate are there as well. You mentioned uh, Kyle Wright, so let's pivot to the pitching. Um, that has got to be right up there with the Harris and some of the other surprises. We kept waiting, and it's not fair to say keep waiting. He was still so young. I think coming into the year, Ben, he had, I don't know, 20 starts or something in the major leagues, mm-hmm. but we have no patience for you know top prospects. you got to click right away or else you know we, we say it's not going to work. Well, guys go on different timelines, and his certainly kicked in. Maybe it was the World Series when he had the important outings, but – Kyle Wright, again, all-star resume for the first half of the season, and it doesn't look like it's fluky at all. No. I had a good conversation with Kyle about a week ago, and we just talked about everything that's taken place for him over the last calendar year. And and, and I asked him, did, did you feel added pressure when you were uh, a first-round draft pick? And he said, not in the first few levels of, of the minor league, but once he got to AAA, that started to kick in. And, and the way that the team was using him was in a nature where he was going back and forth. He'd come to the big leagues. Things wouldn't go all that well. He'd go back down. they bring him back up. Things wouldn't go all that well. He'd go back down. Yo-yoing back and forth is going to be difficult on any player. And, and, and that's what the Braves are doing with Kyle. And they got to the point where they said, we're just going to send you to AAA and let you sit there. And they did that last year. And that was the best thing they could have done for him. The, the minor leagues are, are so valuable. Um, that's where you learn to win. That's where you learn to get the job done and, and figure out who you are as a pitcher. And I don't know that he really had that until last season. And I think that stunted his growth as a major league pitcher. So when he got that opportunity last year, things started to come together and he realized what he had could win at the big league level. And, and I think that's really where his progression started. And, and it ultimately culminated with what happened in the World Series. And I asked him, can one appearance like that just change your confidence altogether? Because uh, it's it's great, but you would think you might need a longer run than that. He said, no. That that one night in the World Series told me that what my what I have is it can play in the big leagues. And and having confidence is so enormous, and and that gave him a confidence he had never had. Uh, going on the attack more with a curveball, pitching higher in the zone with his fastball, um, his sinker and his changeup being so sharp. I, I think that's been a big thing for him. So um, I think just having that experience and that added confidence was, was huge for him. And he's brought that into this season and it's turned him into the pitcher that he is right now. So we took the plunge, yes, at the Chernoff house. The big renovations are going on, so – it comes down to making the right choices when you want to do some of these renovation projects. And for us, when it came down to flooring and carpet, we wanted to work with a great local company that we know 
could get the job done. That's why we turned to Peachwood Floor Coverings. I got a chance to meet Ryan Cornell and the great folks from Peachwood. When I say meet them, we got in touch with Ryan. 48 hours later, they came out to our home to start setting up measurements and looking at potential options for flooring and carpeting choices. It was beautiful. I love the process. It was just that easy. And right now, the process can be that easy for you. If you go to PeachwoodFloorCoverings.com, you can schedule a consultation. They'll come out to your home. And all this month, if you mention Matt, that's the promo code Matt, they're going to save you 10% on that flooring or carpet installation that you've always wanted. You want it easy, you want the process done quickly, and you want it to look beautiful. We're getting all that done with Peachwood Floor Coverings. Again, go online to PeachwoodFloorCoverings.com, or you can call them at 678 935 6901. Peachwood Floor Coverings, big company quality, small company services. Hey, are you tired of shopping your car and home insurance every single year? Well, somebody's got to do it. But that somebody doesn't have to be you. At the Rose Group, we can get you up to 10 insurance quotes in less than 10 minutes. Visit us online today at rose-group.com. It's a new year, which means it's time to try something new. And I'm talking to you folks who have not yet tried the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. I hope you'll go see my friend Sean Daly. That's, get it, the Daily Draft. This is the ultimate sports bar experience. So as the football playoffs near, and then baseball's around the corner, knock on wood, and all the fun springtime things that will happen in Atlanta, you're going to want to enjoy it at the Daily Draft. It's downtown Woodstock on Main Street. What you're going to find, a craft beer bar, self-serve taps, big screens all around you to catch every view of the big game. And when I say a big screen, they have a movie-sized screen with a front-row seat right in front of it that you can grab if you get there at the right time to enjoy all your favorite games. A chef-inspired menu with soup, salad, sandwiches, flatbreads, uh, you name it, they have everything to find everybody exactly what they want when you're going with the family, a boys' night, or a date night. TheDailyDraft.net is where you can find all the information about some of the nights like Trivia Night, Kids Eat Free Night, and more. TheDailyDraft.net. Go find them downtown Woodstock on Main Street. Tell them Matt sent you. You'll love The Daily Draft. I want to ask you about Max Freed, who we all know how good Max is. I feel like the rest of baseball has been so slow to sort of embrace what Max can do, and, and the numbers speak for themselves, Ben, but during one of the radio shows a couple of weeks back, I said the reason, and part of the big reason to me Max is still underrated, his durability, which in Major League Baseball and pitching now should be as important as your numbers. I said I would take Max over Jacob DeGrom, and I know the rest of baseball in the world would go, why would you do that? Well, because I know Max goes every five days, and I can go over the last four years, and I think he's got the third most starts of any Major League pitcher. Combined with the numbers, ace, stopper, whatever you want to call him, I feel like finally the rest of baseball is catching up. And how about what Dave Roberts said about Max when the Dodgers were in town? He was yeah. asked about him after the game. He said he's the best left-handed pitcher in baseball. And, you think, you and think Clayton heard that? Like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, Does your left-handed starter know about that? <laughs> um, but I, I think with his age um, and his stuff, it's easy to say that. But what makes Max so great? Is is where he is between the ears. Um, he's he's a flat out killer on the mound. I, I don't have a problem saying that at all. I mean, he is a different guy on start day. He is such a competitor, and he wants to go out there and dominate you. It's not enough for him to say, "Hey, you got six innings tonight," or "Hey, I gave the team a chance to win." He is driven by greatness, and it, it's easy to say that. It's harder to do that. And and Max is not satisfied 
with, and I know this because he's told me this, he, he's, he's not satisfied with just being another guy in the rotation. Max wants to go win the Cy Young. Max wants to be the best pitcher in the game. Max wants to be the ace of aces. And, and when that's your expectation, I, I think that's incredible. I, I think, furthermore, it's, it's wonderful when a player can, can really uh, verbalize his goals like that. I mean, that's, that, that tells me he's thought long and hard about this. He knows what he's capable of, and that's what his expectation is of himself. And, and being average is definitely not good enough. Um, I, I think that his, he's taken the baton as the ace of the staff. And um, he, I, I think about him going in, in game one versus the Reds after a 14-4 to loss to the Phillies. That's what you want in your ace. He's the guy who's going to come back out there and restore order when you had a bad loss the night before. If you have a winning streak, he's going to keep it rolling. That's what aces do, and Max has been every bit of that. Um, I, I, it's easy for me to excuse his first two starts of the year because it was tough for every starting pitcher in the first two starts of the year with a shortened spring training. Since then, he hasn't lost. Um, and I think, like you mentioned, other teams, other fan bases, other uh, media entities and other markets are seeing that. And when they think about Max Freed now, he's not just the guy who has potential as a left-hander in the Braves organization. People know that he is an all-star and, 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 an, and an ace in this league. Ben, two more quick ones for you. Uh, let me ask you about the bullpen. The depth that they built coming into the year was built for a couple of reasons. A, you saw what you did in the postseason with a red-hot bullpen, so you can add to it. But it also covers you when you lose guys, right? And Kenley goes on the I.O. with the regular heartbeat, and Matzik has lost. But the bullpen has held up beautifully. I mean, they're not always going to be perfect. That's impossible. But when you look at what you have with McHugh, Will will... Will will give you some, you know, heart palpitations, but the job gets done. Um, I mean, even some of the other guys they've brought in to kind of add to the depth. Uh, A.J. Minter, we know, has been a rock all year, and you're going to get Matzik back soon. The yeah. assumption is Kenley will be back in a couple of weeks. Kyle, uh, uh, Kirby Yates is still hanging out there. Like, this pen has a chance to get even better. By the way, we're not insinuating that the uh, the irregular heartbeat for Kenley came from watching Will, are we? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you know, going back to your point, you've got multiple guys who have done it in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings throughout their careers. And I thought that was the biggest um, element towards bringing in Kenley. Where I was just thinking, I, I don't care where you pitch him. If he's your closer, great. If he's throwing the eighth inning, great. Just give me guys who have experience back there. Give me guys who have pitched in the ninth inning. And Will has done it. And AJ has done it. And Kenley has done it. Uh, Magic has obviously done it. And, and you bring in McHugh. And so well, th those guys don't care about their roles, per se. They care about winning. So if, if McHugh is used in the sixth inning or the eighth inning, I don't think he cares. If AJ is used in the seventh or the ninth, I don't think he cares. Uh, Obviously, Will doesn't care. He said as much at spring training when Kenley Jansen was signed. So that, to me, is, is the is the best thing about this pen is you have multiple guys that you can rely on. Other bullpens, they, maybe they've got guys who have uh, put up good numbers and, and such, but they probably only have one guy who's experienced that ninth inning rush, and, and the Braves have multiple guys. That's why I think they've been so solid in the face of losing a guy here or there. And the, the prospect of... Magic being back in July, Kirby Yates being available in August. 
uh, Kinley being back in 100%. I mean, that's, that gives you so many options. And over the span of 162, that's what a manager needs because you can't rely on the exact same guy in the exact same uh, way every single night. They'll get crushed and burn out, and by the time you get to July, they're out of fuel. Um, so I think this this has really worked out in the way that they have planned the bullpen, the way they have added the, the proper names to the bullpen. It, it's allowed for the longevity that, that we expect to see throughout the entire season. And to think they've done this all without Luke Jackson throwing a pitch. So that's yeah. that's another element. All right, finally, let's look ahead to the roster crunch because this is what they always tell me is a good problem to have, but it's a fascinating one. Eddie Rosario is going to be back sooner rather than later. We just said Matzik's going to be back. The hope is Soroka's not too far away. We mentioned Kirby Yates. Uh, tell me, first of all, how do you maneuver the outfield situation? Are we looking at a Ozuna, Rosario, DH platoon? Like, how do they, assuming health, and yeah, somebody's always going to get hurt, but start there. How do you think they maneuver that? I, I think with Eddie coming back, the the, the the least amount of games you could have with Ozuna in left field is the right way to go. They know that. Marcel knows that. More games for him as a DH is, is the best thing you could possibly do. That doesn't mean there won't be nights where, hey, we need to give a guy uh, an off night or we need to use Contreras as a DH or whatever. Let's let's put Ozuna in left field. That'll happen. But the good news is you can pick and choose your spots. You don't have it di- dictated for you the way you did in the Philly series with Acuna down, no Rosario. So Ozuna's got to go out there and, and play left field and, and really – it cost you some moments it was you know, over the course of the series. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, but but the thing is, you had it's similar to what I said with the bullpen. You will have options. There will be better names there for Snit to plug and play however he sees fit. And I think that's why having Eddie back is going to be so big. I mean, you'll bring him back. So I'm, I'm guessing the first guy down would probably be Mike Ford. Um We'll see what happens with Guillermo Heredia because all he is is a defensive replacement right now. He's hardly starting. And your best outfield is is likely Harris, Acuna, and then what, do whatever you want to do with Duvall and Rosario, depending yeah. on the pitcher that you see that night. That might be the more likely platoon um, with Duvall, a right-handed bat, and then you see what you do with, with Eddie versus a left your right-handed pitcher that night. Um, I just would like to see more of Ozuna as strictly a DH. I think the team would like to see that as well. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and then the other one is the pitching. So if Soroka does make the return, do they start with a six-man? Do they skip a guy here or there? Do they move Strider? Because And Spencer's been great, and he, he deserves to stay in the rotation. But we all know that if this team's in the postseason, man, he profiles as one hell of a weapon, right, between mm-hmm. the back end of the bullpen and, and whoever starts because we know the, the, the postseason has become this plethora of bullpen options. Like, how do you think they play that? That's a great question, and I think the biggest question right now is Ian Anderson. Um, yeah. When it comes to your rotation right now, I think you feel much better about where Spencer is than where Ian is right now. And, and Ian's got some things to figure out. And if you recall last year, I mean, he had the shoulder issue. He went down for a while, um, and then he joined the team late in the season. He was great after that. He's got to figure some things out because teams are making adjustments to his changeup, and that's that it's eliminating his best weapon. And when he can't locate his fastball consistently and his curveball is what it is, you, you, you can't go – with a fastball and then throw a change up the second pitch to everybody. Teams are laying off of that, and next thing you know, it's 1-1, 2-1, And going into last night, he's leading the league in walks. Um, that can't be the case, and I think they've got some decisions to make with Ian and to the point where you'd say, 
it, it might be advantageous at the trade deadline to look for another starter just in case he can't figure things out and be the Sharpie and Anderson that we've seen in the past. So I think that, that might be the biggest question. I think with Spencer Strider, I, I know that on the day-to-day, he likes being in the rotation more than he likes being in the bullpen. And that's great for now through October the 3rd or whenever the season ends. But like you mentioned, you may want to use him as a starter come the postseason. You may want to use him out of the bullpen. But the fact of the matter is you'll have options and you can use him however you want. And he's a special weapon that you can use to your advantage. And I think once you get to the postseason, see who your matchup is, see what team you're facing, then at that point you can evaluate exactly how you want to use him. Just keep him healthy between now and then. And that'll be such a huge weapon, however you want to use him come the postseason. Ben, it's always great catching up. Uh, Maybe we make a date October the 4th as a playoff preview is the hope that uh, we're talking about another deep October run. Let's do it, man. Be great. Ben, thank you. You got it. Thanks, everybody, so much for taking the time to listen to this week's edition of Welcome to Atlanta. Thanks to our producer, Matt Lear, for his assistance with the program. He's the glue that keeps the operation running. We'll talk to you next week on Welcome to Atlanta. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming And parties don't stop till 8 in the morning Welcome to Atlanta where the players play And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing, or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands, an easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com.